You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Good afternoon. Uh, my name is Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills, and with me today is Pastor Mark Berkshire with um, Meadow Run Community Church in Ohio, Powell, Penn State. And I said with me today, but he's always with me. <laughs> <laughs> we always do this together, um, and I'm glad. I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else. Um, Amen. We're, well, before we get in, uh, we're going to keep up the, I, I don't know if it's a tradition yet, but what we started of uh, sharing what we're preaching on. Uh, so Mark, what are you preaching on this Sunday? First Peter chapter one, we just started a new series in first Peter going through the whole book of first Peter. Um, the series is entitled um, Hope Eternal, but it's all about, um, last week we talked about Peter and his life. This week we're going to talk about hope we have peter talked about so and i just want to as a reminder uh the series that mark just finished on uh mental health and anxiety and depression that you guys can check that out it's gotten really positive feedback been helpful to many people either on the meta run community church facebook page or on mark's you shared it to your facebook page yeah. as well right yeah yeah, or on Mark's Facebook page. If you know of anyone that's struggling or just dealing with any of those issues, good resource for them to listen to. And I will tell you, I get personal on those sermons, um, just sharing my story of anxiety and depression. Okay. And I am actually preaching on, we're continuing in this book of Mark, uh, we're preaching on some of the major miracles that Jesus did and the focus on him helping the people. I know a lot of people focus on, you know, miracles. Yes, God still does miracles today. Uh, but these are specific miracles that God did to help change people's life, to make them whole, to make them better. And um, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, think that God doesn't do miracles anymore. Or if God does do miracles, why can't God help me? And we're going to kind of focus on some aspects of that uh this weekend good sounds great and today uh we're talking about a topic uh hold on one second because i'm about to cough <laughs> okay today we're talking about a topic probably not the best and i should say that we a couple of weeks ago uh had planned to talk about this topic in fact we were going to talk about it last week and we pushed it back to this week um and it's about the violence uh, that's just increasing in our communities. And I know for us, it's a little bit personal because this week, a, a McKeesport police officer, we're both in the Pittsburgh area, McKeesport police officer, uh, two were shot, I believe. One was pronounced dead on the scene. And the other one's still fighting for his life. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Um, there's been violence. Uh, we're we're just in the first week of February, and there has been so much violence in our nation. There have been so many mass shootings already, so many homicides, so many just so much violence that it's 
it's unbelievable. I mean, it's not like we're in the middle of the year. We're in the beginning of the year. And it's just already been off the charts. And it doesn't have to happen. And one of the things that people, I talk to people, and I'm sure Mark does as well, and other pastors do as well, talk to people and says, you know, what? why isn't the church doing anything about the violence? And my feedback is usually... Um, well, first of all, the church can't change hearts, uh, but God can. Mm-hmm. And the church's role is to tell people about God. And the more they hear about God and step across the line of faith, uh, it doesn't change them instantly. You know, it's an ongoing process of being made into the image and likeness of God. Uh, but uh, a lot of the violence that we're seeing in our communities doesn't have to happen if the church would do more of what God has called us to do, which is to share the gospel. Um, and first and foremost, say our hearts go out to the families of not just these police officers. Uh, and this isn't a blue and a black thing, which that made me even more upset. I'm going off on a rant here, but I immediately saw people make, you know, I stand behind the blue versus the black. This isn't a blue or black thing. This is yeah. two police officers. One died left a family behind the others fighting for his life who cares what color they were or what color the assailant was right what matters is that one person lost their life <coughs> blue or black thing it's a red white and blue thing this is a problem america has and that when something violent happens we immediately go to political sides instead right. of going to stand behind hey um i stand behind the people that lost their life you know, the people that were wrong, the people who violence was done against, regardless of whether they were, you know, firemen, policemen, EMS, uh, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. And I, uh, I, this is how bad the violence is. When I woke up, I'm in North Carolina visiting my grandson. And um, when I woke up this morning, uh, or actually the first day I got here, opened my phone, and instead of news out of Pittsburgh, it was news out of the North Carolina area, and it was all, here's who was shot, uh, this violent crime, this store robbed. And I'm like, why not nice stuff like here's the weather, you know, here's who won this spelling bee or whatever, yeah. because there's so much violence that is happening in our communities. And it's hardening our hearts uh, to being able to or willing to reach out and help people. I feel like I went on a, a long rant. Feel free to jump in here. No, I I agree with everything you just said. Um, with with the one exception that I'm going to play devil's advocate on, you you said the violence doesn't have to happen. I agree, it doesn't have to happen. But according to scripture and fulfilling scripture, the violence does have to happen. Um. How we react to the violence is our choice. Well, yes, the world is, let me, let me, let me, for those who listen, let me clarify. Um, The church is not going to go out, share the gospel, and then all of a sudden the world becomes this kumbaya place where everything is better. Right. That's not the trajectory that we are on. The trajectory that we are on, uh, based on the scripture, is that things are going to progressively get worse and worse and worse. Hearts will get darker. More people will leave and separate from the body of Christ, reject the word of God, and things 
will get worse. So from that aspect, 100 marks, 100%. I, I, I agree. Uh, but, but there's hope. There's hope. Because if we're out doing, and I hate to phrase it this way, but this is the only way I can think of, is the world right now is the Titanic. We're sinking. We're going down. The end result, it hits the iceberg and it goes down. Our job as the church is to save as many as possible right. before that happens, uh, before we get to the end, to share the gospel. And if we're doing that, then the people in our circles of influence, um, we can help them. And I'm saying we can save them, but it's not us. It's the gospel that saves them. But we can reach them. And hopefully they're not doing, they're not going out and doing as many violent things as as you know, we're yeah. saying so and, and, we can put a dent in it and decrease it and save more people. But yeah, the end result is the violence right. is going to increase. The world is going to a deeper, darker place, unfortunately. Right. And when we talk about the church, we're not talking about Meadow Run Community Church or Crossroads uh, Church or any other denomination or church. We're talking about the body of Christ as a whole. We are the church. Those are just buildings. Those are just communities. But we are the church as a whole. Individuals make up the church, not building. Yeah, and we as the church have um, our responsibility um, to share the gospel. Uh, we were talking uh, after our last podcast, we were talking about what to talk about next. And we were talking about maybe we should talk about salvation. That is one of the things that we said, yeah. just going back to basics and explaining what that is. And I feel like we need to go back to basics and explain why the church is here. Um, I did this in our message uh, that I was preaching on last Sunday. We we're going through the book of Mark and we've been talking about the gospel. And I've been using that phrase over and over the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. Mark comes out proclaiming this is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, and then a few verses later, he said Jesus starts his ministry by coming out saying, repent and believe the gospel. And Mark ends his book saying, go and preach the gospel to every creature on the planet. Go out into the world and do that. And I said, I want to make sure that I am crystal clear by not just throwing out the word, the gospel, without defining what the gospel is. So we took the time. Yes to walk through First uh, Corinthians chapter 15 and, and explain, here's the gospel, and here's what this means. And I shared with them that even though my parents and grandparents, uh, my mom, my grandma, they took me to different churches growing up, I cannot ever recall having heard, and I was a kid, so it was probably preached. It doesn't mean I was paying attention. Right. It's probably shared, but do not recall anyone sharing the gospel. Do not recall it in Sunday school. Lots of candy, lots of cookies, lots of juice, lots of lessons. Remember stories about David and other people. Don't remember a Sunday school teacher saying, here's the gospel. Don't remember in any youth group someone saying, here is the gospel. So I said, I want to make sure, and I apologize. I said, if you guys have not heard this from me, then I am failing as a pastor. Uh, it's something that you guys should be hearing regularly, uh, if not every week at least every so often you should be sharing here is the gospel because that's the only reason the church exists. Yeah, it's great if we can, you know, plant wells and bring clean water and we can, you know, help people medically, 
but the primary reason the body of Christ exists is to share the gospel. And if we're right. not doing that, then we're failing in our primary responsibility. And the Bible makes it crystal clear. If we are doing that, then the gospel and the Holy Spirit and God, as people step across the line of faith, can change the hearts of people, mm -hmm. uh, can change, uh, you know, make people uh, repent, make people uh, free them from addictions, and can change people from violent things. And most people think violence only about, you know, people who rob with a gun or do this or that or the other, but those cops were responding to a violent domestic call, you know, or, or husbands who hopefully won't beat their wives if they receive the gospel. You know, right. there are, are, are parents, moms or dads who won't physically or sexually abuse their children if they hear the gospel. The gospel can help stop a lot of the violence that we're seeing and we as a church, we need to make sure that we're focused on sharing that rather than, again, getting people into our buildings. I mean, if you're coming to church to check a box and say, I'm at church, I did my duty this week, I, I went to church, I prayed, I sang, I put offering in the offering plate, and that's all you're doing then you're not living out what Bible talks about as being a true Christian. Um, a true Christian is one who shares a testimony of what God is doing in their life, sharing gospel. Um, and sharing the gospel doesn't mean, doesn't have to be hard. I mean, it's not going and sitting with someone and saying you're going to hell because you don't know jesus christ and really condemning them and bringing them down the gospel is something that is personal to each and every one of us that if if we share our lives if we're living our lives as we should and i'll be preaching on this next week next not this coming sunday but the following sunday if we're living our lives as we should the gospel should be shining through our lives. If we are as just as violent as someone else, think about this. When's the last time you were in an argument and you just were, your face got all blood red and your smoke coming out your ears and everything else and you're screaming? Is that violence? Yes is a type of violence we need to be careful how we are acting and how we are coming across um i, I think we're in a time in this country well i know we are in a time in this country where only god can make a difference and god can change change this country's direction yeah, absolutely. And that, that's um, not a political statement. No, that, that is a, a true statement. Um, I'm not sure. And again, this is not a political statement. I'm not sure if we haven't gone too far and God has said, as he did in, in 
the days of of Israel, uh, old time, Old Testament. Let them have their own gods. Let them be their own thing. Let them do their own thing. I can't change them. And that saddens me. But again, it gives me hope because I know that Jesus Christ is coming back and he is hope. He is the gospel. He is coming back to take us home. He's promised us that. So while we may face a lot of violence, a lot of tribulation, John 16, I think it is, Jesus says, in this world you will have trials and tribulation, but don't lose hope, don't lose heart, because I have overcome the world. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, when they look at verses like that, they think it means that we won't have any struggles, any trials, any issues, and that's not what it says. Um, and that's tribulation small t, uh, not to right. be confused with tribulation like big, big t, t. <laughs> and yeah, end times or whatever. But and I know it sounds like a t-shirt phrase or whatever, but people do not realize that the only hope for this world right now is Jesus Christ. Yeah. There is nothing else. There is no political party that's coming. That's the, once they're in, in, in office, there's going to be a change and the hearts of people will change and the violence will stop. Every political party, we've had both political parties back and forth over the last decade and the violence and the wickedness has just increased. Yeah. It's not going away. There is no one coming to save us. There is no hope. The only hope for this world is Jesus Christ, that the church would stand up, share and show the love of Christ to people within our circles of influence uh, so that God can change the hearts of those people. Um, there's nothing else that's going to do it. Yeah, and, and remember, uh, you know, Satan is a deceiver. Satan is going to, to hit us against one another at every chance, at every obstacle. Even believer against believer, brother against brother, sister against sister. The Bible teaches us that. It's how we respond makes the difference. If we respond in hate, if we let the devil win, even as believers, then we have failed to do our part and we have failed to correctly respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think, I, again, we can't emphasize enough how important it is. Um, and I think Mark hit it on the head when he said, if we're not living that out, though, then we've, we've totally missed the boat. If we're sharing the gospel, but we're not living it out, we're not treating people with the love of Christ, uh, I saw a lady um, that posted, and I wasn't even aware she was a Christian until a few months ago. I've been following her because she does sports and stuff. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. When I found out she was a Christian, um, she posted this morning. She's been posting, like, in instead of sports stuff for the last few weeks, just encouraging things. And uh, she posted this thing this morning that said, if we aren't willing to step out and love the, the the guy who's dealing with, you know, drugs, 
and the woman who everyone's talking about because she's been sleeping around, if we aren't willing to step out and love them the same way that we love the people that we hang out with on Sunday morning, then we truly don't understand God's love. And the world's truly not going to understand what Christ can do for them. Right. And, and it, building on that, it, it, it just makes me so frustrated when I hear pastors and church leaders say, we need to be more like the world to get the world in. Folks, we can't be more like the world. The Bible tells us just the opposite, that we are to be transformed. We are to be different. We are to be changed. We are to be seen as something that is not of the world. So if we're having a church nightclub, I think that's just totally a bunch of baloney. And no matter how you slice bologna, it's still bologna. So we need to make sure that we are showing God's love, not showing them what they already have. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this, because I saw I was I. I stopped myself from responding to a post and one of the I forget which one. There's a bunch of pastor small church groups I'm a part of. Yeah, me too. I myself from responding because I saw a comment where someone was saying that the church and what happens on Sunday is only for the Christian. And that's who we're supposed to be focused on showing our love to and equipping and, and, and all that stuff. Uh, that the non-Christian uh, is not supposed to be our focus. And I may be miswording his intent, but that's the way what he posted came across with me. And, and I, I stopped I feel, myself from responding. I feel very uncomfortable with that statement. Um, I do believe that our focus on Sunday mornings should be edifying and educational. <laughs> those who are listening but we should always be sharing the gospel so it should always be for the non-believer as well it can't just be those who are sitting there um if i had a if i had a child if i had a child and said i'm going to protect this child whole life and he's never going to be allowed to go outside he's never going to be allowed to interact with people he's never going to be allowed to to um play sports or listen to music or watch tv or play videos uh video games am i doing justice to that child and the answer is no but if i allow that child to experience things and teach them what is right and what is wrong, they can bring their friends over and let them hear what I'm teaching. That's the church. That's that's what we are called to do. We are to bring people to church with us, unbelievers, believers, so they can learn God's word. 
Yeah, I was trying to trying to find that comment and I can't find it. Maybe <laughs> I didn't respond yeah. to it, which is good. But my first instinct was to say that how do you know who's in the room? Like, how do you I mean if you're unless you're like carding people at the door or like, hey, you're not a Christian, you can't come here. Like this is a closed group, then you miss the point. And I wanted to, I think they went to uh one of the comments was from First Corinthians chapter 14, uh, with Paul talking about how to edify the church and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but how do you think those people got in the building? If you read through the book of Acts, Paul yeah. went two places and shared his messages with lots of unchurched people. Uh, and Jesus, you know, every sermon he did out on a boat or sitting on the hill, a sermon on the mount, he didn't. He didn't card, okay, only the Christians over here and you guys yeah. non-believers over there. He just shared the truth of God's word and people came. And then he took those that wanted to go deeper and discipled them more. And like, that's yeah. that's the role that's out there for us, not to separate and do one thing with one and one thing with the other, but to share God's truth with all of them. And the ones that say, I want to go deeper. Okay, I'm going to share even more with you. Um, and, and I think it's funny that, they would use the references in Corinthians because the Corinthians was one of the most uh, dysfunctional, yes, sinful church that there was. Yeah, and so, so it wasn't. It wasn't like what? it wasn't like Paul was saying, "Hey, let me. I'm going to use you guys as a model, and this is the way it's supposed right. to be." He was criticizing them for for not doing it. The so right. I yeah I I I don't know. I get so frustrated sometimes, especially when people try to do things that take away from my primary responsibility, which is to share the gospel, which is to convert. You know, I shouldn't say convert. Some people think weird things, but to share the gospel with the unchurched so that they might become a part of God's kingdom. Right. And it's really frustrating when you have pastors who say, no, our only focus should be on the people in God's kingdom. No. I was like, that's that, that that's totally what Bible defined. studies are for. That's what yeah. Bible studies are for. Yeah. If you want to disciple those guys further, that's great. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, as you said, getting back to the main topic, we are not going to fix the violence problem. It's going to continue. Yeah. Um, and, and we need to understand that. And we need to respond with hearts of love. Um, we need to respond with, with um, hearts of forgiveness. We may never respond, be able to respond with part of understanding because we don't know what they're going through. Hmm. But we may be able to respond with a heart of compassion. Well, love and compassion are the same thing. No, they're different. And when we as, as the body of Christ, when we as believers lash out and I'm probably going to get heat from this when we start to join organizations that say they are for peace and they are nothing but hate 
we need to examine where we are with the Lord. I can't examine you for that. You can't examine me to where I am with the Lord. That is a personal thing that we have to let the Lord. We have to say, like, like David said, search me, oh God, see if there's anything wrong with me. I'm going to go even further and say, if we are joining organizations because we think they're going to promote peace, I'm going to first ask, um, we're not saying you shouldn't join, you know, peaceful no. organizations that help or whatever, but I'm always going to ask, what's more peaceful than the gospel? And if you truly, truly want to promote peace, why are you not sharing the gospel with people in your circles of influence? And I understand that there are organizations that they're focused on doing things, you know, maybe they're more community minded or do things uh, to help people. They do, you know, feed the hungry, this, that, and the other, all that kind of stuff. And nothing wrong with helping out with those organizations, but no. they're usually Christian churches that do the same thing. So rather than like, I, I love food, I'm big foodie. So uh, rather than go help a non-Christian organization, I go volunteer at churches that have food banks because I don't think anyone should go hungry. So that that's that I, and I want to do it through a church, through an organization that's going to say, we're not just here because the government wants you to be fed. Uh, we're here because God loves you. God cares about you and God wants to provide for you. So that that's just me. And there's nothing wrong with people that do it other ways. But I'm right. always going to ask, um, is there a way that you could do it through the body of Christ? To make the message crystal clear, uh, the government isn't doing this. God is doing this because he loves you. Um, yeah. And and that hit me hard in the face about 15, 16 years ago. I took a, a, a lady from our church when I was living in Minnesota to a, a community-funded program that helped single moms with Christmas gifts, food, things like that. It was, I think it was called the First Step Project or something. But anyways, I'm sitting there, and I'm looking around. I'm seeing what this organization, great organization, was doing. And tears coming down my cheeks. And, and Cheryl, the girl I was with, asked me, why are you crying? I said, because this is what the church is supposed to be doing. Because that is our job, is to take care of widows and the, the, the poor and the needy. Instead of looking at, okay, let's get them to come to church so we can get their tithe. Yeah. You know, that, that's not what we're here for. Yeah. And like I said, we were talking before the, uh, before the podcast came on. Peter, one of the most loved disciples and apostles, would not have been welcomed in our churches today. Because of the way he dressed, because of the way he smelt, because he was a fisherman and fishermen smell. And because of the way he talked, he was a very abrupt, sarcastic at times, 
type of guy. He would not have been welcomed in most of our churches. But Jesus chose him to be one of the closest. Some people believe he was the leader of the disciples. He chose him. God chose him to do that. So don't, don't feel like God's not looking at you and saying, I want to use you. As messed up and as dopey as you are, I want to use you. So as we uh, wind down uh, this episode of the podcast, and we will come back um, and do uh, like a back to basics episode where we talk about, you know, this is the gospel. Here is salvation. Right. Um, what what it actually is, because I'm I, I see so many people arguing about it online, and I mean, if we, you know, it's kind of like. If we don't understand the basics, how can we share them with people? Then we right. don't understand our priority or, or why we're here. Uh, but um, that being said, if you know of someone who is, you know, dealing or struggling with uh, violence in their home, domestic violence or whatever, uh, do not be afraid to reach out. You are not helping them by hiding what they're experiencing. Right. Um, call for help, call the police, call somebody to step in and help them. You are not helping them. Uh, if we are enabling the violence that hap is happening in our communities, we have no possibility. It is scientifically, physically, and mathematically impossible to stop or decrease the violence if we are enabling the violence to continue. Uh, if you know of people that are, are in violent situations, uh, reach out to someone for help. And if you are one, of, if you are the person that is in that violent situation, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone to get the help you need. Yeah. And if you are a person who is struggling with committing those violent acts, uh, Maybe you have some anger issues or whatever the case is. Uh, don't be afraid to get help. That's not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength to acknowledge what you need to do to make you healthier and stronger. That being said, uh, we're going to wind down and I'm going to ask Mark uh, to pray for us and then we will be done. Father, thank you once again for this opportunity, this platform to speak and to just share our hearts. Uh, Lord, we, we don't know who will hear this. We don't know what the situation they are in. Uh, we don't know what they're dealing with, but you do. And we just ask that you use this time to bring honor and glory to you. And we ask Lord also that if there's someone out there that's listening that doesn't know you, as their personal savior, that you would draw them to you, that they would repent of their sins, they would ask you to come into their lives, and that they would uh, just accept you as Lord and Savior. The Bible says just repent and be saved. And we just ask that you would just speak to that heart today. 
And we ask that you give everyone a good, blessed week. And uh, we thank you and praise you for all you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And before we go, just a quick question. Uh, so Kansas City Chiefs, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, Super Bowl <laughs> uh, 57. Um, well, you're going to bring up violence. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have any favorites in that game, Chiefs and the Eagles? I'll be honest. I haven't watched NFL games in probably eight years. I haven't I in, since COVID. Yeah. yeah I, just, I, I haven't followed them in about eight years. Um, I and it was my choice. Super Bowl for the commercials. I Actually, I stream them on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's a great opportunity for like yeah. wings and burgers. I, yeah. I would say if I was choosing out of those two, um, I would probably go with Kansas City. Um, okay. I know I'm from Pittsburgh, from Pennsylvania, but I I do like Kansas City quarterback. I loved him during college. I watch college football all the time. And I loved him as a college football player. And I think he's really good. And uh, that's what I would, who I would be rooting for. Um, I really don't have any favorites, but I know Christie's dad is an Eagles fan. My yeah, wife's dad, he's a huge Eagles fan. He's a Philadelphia anything fan. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, 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 it wouldn't matter to me. I don't have any, I don't, I don't have a dog in this fight. Uh, so yeah. I would just be about the eating wings and watching commercials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right everyone i uh, hope you have a great super bowl sunday and uh we'll see you next time and if you can go to a church yes yeah, go join a sunday celebration before the super bowl game <laughs>